Welcome to episode, I think it's four, maybe no four? No idea. I think so, I think it's four. Probably four. Yeah, yeah, we did... Well, I was the second for technically third, so... I uh, four. We're gonna say four. Um, yeah. yeah, me and Bespin are here today to post-review E3 and Summer Game Fest. Um, Bespin managed to catch most of it, because like a smart man, he booked the time off work to... Watch it all, and I watched little bits that Bespin sent me in breakdowns because <laughs> I was at work the whole time. Busy it's man. Not a, it's, it's not a, a smart man move. It's more of a sad man move, I think. You know, A smart sad man, I'll give you that. Yeah, just as I have no life, you know, I think. <laughs> just yeah, rather well. sit here for hours on end watching E3. Um, and the question is then, mate, were you justified in your smart sad man decision? No, I was not. <laughs> Why is that, mate? Go on, let's let's get into it. It's the thing that everybody's been saying. I think over the over the weekend and everything, like you don't need everything to be a conference. Like you could just be a blog post. It could just be a little, you know, yeah. uh, section in somebody else's conference. Mm-hmm. Um, like Koch Media had a terrible conference. Gearbox did. Capcom was bad. Uh, the, the one conference I was not at work for. Uh, I've never, I've never been so stunned by a lack of things in my <laughs> life. Like the predictions we made that we were like, Capcom, they've they've brought it back. They're they're, they're one of the best around these days. Wonder what they're going to bring. And they basically spoke about a game that's already been out for three months in Monster Hunter Rise, a game that's already been out for a month, and now they've decided to start doing DLC in Resident Evil Eight Village, and then. <laughs> just an Ace Attorney game that they went on for about 15 minutes. Herlock Sholmes. Herlock Sholmes, man. <laughs> to be honest, that was the highlight of maybe my E3 in a, in a silly sense. That was, like, so yeah. funny. We were just dying at how bad it... How much of a lack of self-awareness they had to think that that was worthy of a conference is amazing. And it's that is amazing. Con- considering they've been doing the Resident Evil showcases throughout the year. Which have been yeah. pretty good. Like they're short, but like they give you what you need. Yeah. Um, so, and I was expecting this to be a Resident Evil conference again, you know. Mm. But it's just it was bad. Capcom was bad. They just for RE8, they just said, "Oh, we've heard that you want it, so we've we've just started working on TLC." Like, yeah, it was like a really weird way of wording it, wasn't it? They were like, uh, "Because of the great response to the game, we've decided to start doing DLC," and we were, "You're like, what? What?" Like, were you not expecting a great response? Were you not going to do DLC? Yeah, <laughs> like, like they do DLC for all their games, don't they? I, d- I don't understand. Yeah, it, a lot of them are bad. A lot of people complained about Square Enix and Ubisoft. I think Ubisoft was good, like for a Ubisoft show. Um, over the years, they are seen... the brown bread of gaming, aren't they? And they fed some good brown bread once again. Yeah, and like Square Enix, like they only had, in my opinion, they had one good thing which was Guardians, like, they had one good show in, and then the rest of it was kind of botched. Like, they were showing things for, like, 15 seconds and not giving details on it. You know, they're just showing stuff, and they just, like, they just didn't care. They didn't know what they were doing. And they've been doing it for Obviously, a year. Obviously, it's like, everybody is in their own sort of internet bubble, so it's hard to sort of gauge consensus these days. But what is, like, the response to Guardians? Because, like, I've seen some people saying it just looks really generic and boring. Um, it's kind of all it's, over it's the place. a mix, yeah. Yeah, like, a lot of people are excited for it and really happy about it, and then you've got the people who's kind of in the middle ground saying, like, well, it doesn't look like anything special. Like, graphically, it, it definitely doesn't, but, like... 
I think if yeah. it wasn't Guardians, which I know is not a fair thing to level at it because it is, but if it wasn't Guardians, it would be just like a really generic looking game, wouldn't it? Like, oh, it's a third person shooter yeah. with like a cocky thingy protagonist and like it's team based and that. But it is those characters that are going to bring people in, isn't it? So hopefully they do nail that and yeah. then it's enough to bring people in. Because like that was the thing with Avengers, wasn't it? Like that game was botched in, in like a progression way and like an mm. end game way. But it was also people weren't like that interested in those versions of the characters, were they, for some reason? No. So, and it's hopefully just, these are better. Just going through it all, like there's only a couple of good conferences. I think Nintendo had a good one, Xbox mm. and the Summer Game Fest kickoff. Like that was all of that stuff was good. Um mm. but again Nintendo's one, like again, it might not be the case everywhere, but all I saw was like people saying Nintendo won E three, Nintendo have like just bossed it at the end and blah blah but again that does depend on your personal interest because yeah. like for you for example a lot of those games are games you're not really going to be bothered about aren't they so yeah yeah like for, like i can i can see a good conference when i see one and it was good like yeah. there was four yeah. there's 40 minutes of just showing you game after game after game and it was and like to get like a new metroid game just out of nowhere as well it's just yeah. insane like that that is the first sequel in the metroid timeline for like since Metroid Fusion in like the early 2000s, yeah, they first because like, we've uh, had we've had new Metroid games, but they've yeah. been remakes. They, they first announced Metroid Dread, I think, back in like 2005. Like, yeah, yeah, and it was like in development hell for a long time, and that was shit. Like, it was basically that little dev diary said that they just couldn't make the game that they wanted to make back then because yeah, Metroid. Uh, Prime 2 has I think they've been toying with this idea even among different studios, Metroid just as a franchise, been toying with the idea of something stalking Samus and in Metroid Prime 2 Echoes that's about Dark Samus like literally following you around the levels and stuff and then in Metroid Fusion you got a similar thing um, where another like version of Samus and then there was like other like robots and monsters and stuff like that would chase you around the levels in that game and now this looks like the ultimate like culmination in that where they've literally gone full like Mr. X with it. Like they'll be just they said there will be portions of the game where you are just chased relentlessly by what was it called again? That robot? It looked oh, like Oh, I can't remember this name. It yeah, it's just like a it looks like a terrifying like some so it looks kinda like something from the portal universe. Yeah. It's got yeah. that kind of like shell on it, hasn't it? But None of your weapons can do any damage to it. You don't stand a chance, and you just have to run like mm. and hide from it, which looks like it could be a really interesting element as well. But we've randomly just gone into that game, so um, yeah, that was uh, it's the same development studio that did Samus Returns on the 3DS, mm-hmm. and one of the only things that people criticized about that, to be fair, was just like it it didn't look very nice because they'd gone on the 3DS. Obviously, they wanted to do make like advantage of the 3d stuff so they took it away from 16 bit and made it that 3.5d but it looked kind of ugly on the 3ds but this now obviously with the benefit of the switch and it's not doing the 3d stuff looks so nice like the, the art direction in this looks so much nicer yeah. than on the 3ds but um i'm really excited for this mate honestly the the 2d metroid games are well a lot of them are some of the best regarded games of all time you go on any top 10 of all time usually super metroids on there and Mm. hopefully this can be another great one yeah everybody seems excited about it like that's the thing i think nintendo as a whole had a good showcase like it's 40 minutes of game after game they they were relentless and Mm. all of it was pretty much what to expect throughout the latter half of the year Um, and it it felt like that the other conferences got 
it wrong in the exact opposite way, where they did 14 minutes of just talking and then three games. <laughs> yeah, like like Koch Media literally had like, I think, like 10 minutes of gameplay or something and like out of a two-hour conference. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Like Yeah, that is that is a joke. That's the thing. I think everybody going into this uh, were, was really excited about, oh, E3 is back. Because mm. like we said last time, there's been the question of should E3 exist? And I said before on the last episode, right, no, but I am excited. Like, regardless. Mm. You know, to have everything confined to one week is always the better option. Um, but now looking at E3 coming out of this, it's like, if this is the future of E3, then it's not the way to go. Because... How much of this do you think is affected by like COVID stuff, though? I mean, I think but the thing is, like, a lot of these uh, companies wouldn't have had a showcase at a regular E three, right? Like, mm. Capcom never used to do it. Gearbox never used to. Koch Media wouldn't like. So, I think it's a mix of COVID and a mix of like, well, we've what, got. What a... do you think the um, ideal solution to that is then? Because we've said before that that shit that happened last year, where everything was just all over the place, was crap. Nobody wants that. But then companies trying to like force their way into a conference is just as bad isn't it like you said because some yeah. of them literally don't have enough to show but they just well, want to like, be there like the gearbox conference for example was they just showed godfall but it was coming to ps4 like that's what all they showed and which is an insane move when that's a game that you're trying to push the ps5 with as an exclusive you've now yeah. just sort of admitted defeat with that game and said oh well we'll put it on ps4 then hopefully we'll yeah. make some more sales like and then Bandai Namco, like, their conference was just focused on one game called House of Ashes. Like, there mm. is no need for this. Like, that should have been part of a bigger... Co- like, House of Ashes was. It was shown and in, we were, like... A- we were guessing that Bandai Namco might have Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, like... But Big Boy Jeff swooped in. <laughs> and I think Big Boy Jeff is the way to go going forward. Like, Same, yeah. Because, because the much, thing is... As much as he can be an annoying, like, plank at times, like, if he can, like wrangle all these studios together and you'd kind of get the feeling that he wouldn't get a studio in if they had not much to sell and just take up all the time so if he can just do it and like bang 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 just like keep it a quick conference and keep these announcements coming he he is good at that isn't he like keeping everybody yeah. engaged and excited so because like the day after the summer game fest kickoff um he went on the netflix thing which was part of summer game fest as well and was they talking about video game uh, tv shows or films um you know, and I think if he can wrangle it all into a week, um, yeah. good. Because, like, that's the thing. Like, the Xbox One wasn't technically part of E3 or Summer Game Fest. It was just being shown just during E3 and Summer Game Fest time. time. Yeah, yeah. As was Nintendo, as was Square, and um, Ubisoft. So, do you think that's the way to go, then? It's just that every company that wants to be there has this basically one-week period where they can be there, but there's no need to actually show up if you don't have anything yeah like that's the thing like the things that were specifically tied to e3 as like e3 exclusive events mm. like i'm looking at like capcom because i literally said e3 exclusive before it started yeah that did not need to exist and if that is where e3 is or becomes oh god don't exist. we were just laughing like as time was just going on in that capcom conference we were just like oh my god there's only like five minutes left <laughs> and they've only showed us ace attorney as a new game and when they started doing the esports thing, we was like, "Yep, that's it. That's the nail in the coffin." Yeah, <laughs> like, ooh, that, yeah. That's, talking that's about Street conference. Fighter Five on esports, like what? Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, like it's, it was, it was battle round. I think going forward, like kickoff live, um, that was a fun like two hour odd event. Like having performances in there um, 
was like it was nice like like breaking up of the conference because you had a lot of boring stuff in there and again mm. it has to be in there because obviously it's paying the bills it's you know yeah the companies want to get their games in there you know they can't all be banger also, to banger a lot of this is like they do it for shareholders and stuff like that aren't they people forget about e3 so they do literally yeah. have to show everything they've got yeah so like that's, a, that's what i think summer game fest should just be extend what the kickoff live is maybe make it longer than two hours and then just throughout the week like you just cover all of it like if jeff can wrangle everybody into the one week like hey sony you're gonna go you're gonna go this jeff's, week jeff's Xbox. got some pals i'm sure he can do it well he's got a great mate in kojima isn't he like you horny know Kodge, Ko- yeah horny codge like yeah, like look at the game awards. Like he gets everybody sword for the game awards. Mm. I'm, I'm positive he can do it with some game. What, just because you you remember all this stuff very well, as I very much the opposite don't. What did we have like announcement wise at the game awards? Um, I think they that's the first place they showed the Xbox Series X to begin right. with. Um, I think they showed the Last of Us at one of them, the, the part two. Like, um, Game Awards have some big announcements these days, is what I mean, don't they? Like, Jeff's yeah. doing it twice a year, he's getting some of the biggest announcements. Didn't he? Didn't they first reveal Elden Ring as well? No, Elden Ring was on the Xbox stage at a... Oh, it was, E3. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, little, the little cinematic, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, stuff like that. Jeff also does uh, Gamescom opening night, which has a lot of reveals as well. Yeah. So, yeah and he's yeah. been doing that for years. So I think, yeah, like, I think Jeff Keighley can... Make some it's game nice when these events sort of have a face and a personality who can sort of stuff, like you say, because then you sort of build a trust in him that he'll deliver a good conference as well, like uh, as a whole. And that's and the problem. Yeah, with, I think like, he is the guy for it. He's, that's he, with I show- think he's pivoting himself to do that, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And that's the problem with like showcases as a whole. A lot of those people there are just like boring talking heads. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like Xbox, they've got it. Like shout out to them. Like they've got like Phil Spencer, who's a great person to have on stage and talk about games and tell yeah, you. Yeah, that's what the, you need. The Xbox identity, and the same thing with Bethesda. Bethesda have great people to talk to. Um, mm. But then when you pivot to other places, the, like the, the Capcom one, where it was just like that that poor lady leading off that teleprompter, and it was just like today yeah. we have a nice, exciting announcement about Ace Attorney, and she, you can almost feel the like, oh god, like because. Don't get me wrong, people love Ace Attorney and stuff, yeah. but it's like people were waiting for Devil May Cry, a new Resident Evil, I, I just so, like, even just like Mega Man. If you just had a Mega Man game there, like, that would have beefed it out so much more, but they had so little to tell, just so little to say, so little to tell. It was like, it really and the felt thing is, pointless. Like, they'd already showed those games at other conferences. Yeah, yeah, we'd, like, we'd already watched that. What, what, what was the Monster Hunter thing at? It was uh, the most under stuff was a summer game fest, and it was on and it was at Nintendo as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, you had it in three places, and it's also not a new game. Like no, the, the Monster Hunter Rise at least. Like they showed a bit of Monster Hunter stories, didn't they? But the stories trailer was already out, like you said as well. So everybody had already seen that. I'd already seen it. That's what I mean. I think that was Capcom. even out before E three. You know, I, that Monster I Hunter know. stories too. I remember seeing that summer game fest. That's about it. Right, I might have just watched it on YouTube after Summer Game Fest, maybe. But um... but that's only the Capcom event did not need to exist if you're just showing. This. And that's the thing. Like, I understand. Like E3 is basically for for publishers and studios a massive commercial. Like, hey, these are all our games coming out. Yeah. Like yeah, we yeah. saw Far Cry Six three or four times during the entire run. We saw Life is yeah. Strange four times. We saw like, like Monster Hunter Stories and Rise. Like 
like around the same time as well. Like you don't need the that. Monster Hunter Stories Two trailer came out three months ago. Well, there you go then. Like, <laughs> which was the newest thing that they showed. It's just yeah, man. It wasn't good. It really wasn't good that Capcom event. And what was it? That was the one that I said I was most excited for, wasn't it? And luckily, well, at the time I thought it just lined up that with work I was home for that. So we sat down. Me and Best Boom. Got, Couple drinks, sat, watched it, and it was just so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. But and it's especially upsetting when you know what they have coming, thanks to the leaks that happened last year. Yeah, like, that's what it was because we read them all out, and we were trying to sort of find which ones were the most sort of. And again, I do understand the whole thing of like, well, you shouldn't get your hopes up too much for this presentation. Like I just said, I wasn't expecting the new Resi games to be revealed. I wasn't expecting a new Devil May Cry. It, it, like I said, it was just a little, another thing, like a Mega Man or something. Like they had one new thing there. It was just not worth a conference. Like if Monster Hunter Stories Two can just get revealed randomly a couple of months ago, why do we need an E3 reveal for Ace Attorney? And that's the thing we don't need it. Like especially if you're showing it like, like Summer Game Fest, you mm. showed it there. You don't need to show yeah, it there. You then. already did it. Yeah, like you showed it at the start of it all, and right at the end when Nintendo that- go, they show it again. You don't need That's to do it. That's what we said as well, didn't we? About like if they if Capcom have now shown Monster Hunter Stories and Rise at Summer Game Fest, what does that mean they've got for the conference? You set up the expectation mm. that then you've got something different. Otherwise, why would you tell us the same thing again? And I know we'll get into the, the, the big boy Elden Ring later, but it's indicative of the entire conversation we had at the first day of Summer Game Fest. Is I said to you, if they are showing Elden Ring this early. It's one of two things. It's either they've got some amazing stuff coming up, or this is the most poor planning ever <laughs> that they've yeah. had this out the gate, the biggest announcement. And it pretty much turned out it was just poor planning, wasn't it? Yeah. Because like, you build the you build these conferences, and I get that they are all pretty independent of themselves now, but it always ends with the biggest game, doesn't it? But now you're not gonna have that if people are doing it individually. This is why, again, you need Jeff Keeley to go right. If you're revealing this game, you need to reveal this on the on the Wednesday, on the last night of E3, or whatever it's called by then, Summer Game Fest, obviously. He would have had Elden Ring as the final like pop, wouldn't he? Definitely. Yeah, like, if he had the choice, but Yeah. Like and by like from start to finish of the actual like week, we ended it day one with Elden Ring. We ended it the last day with Breath of the Wild. Um Yeah. But like that's the thing, they they weren't all working in tandem. That's just the way. It that's what I mean. Out. That's like, just that's just the way it worked out because Nintendo were on the last day. Like yeah. technically, they the weren't last, communicating with the other companies, were they? Technically, the last conference was Bandai Namco, who just showed more of House of Ashes. Like right, yeah. but like we don't count that because we saw House of Ashes during Summer Game Fest. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Summer Game Fest honestly was a great watch. It was a great thing to begin with. Um, I know it's a bit like cheesy and weird when Keeley brings up celebrities and like having Goldblum show up there. <laughs> but Goldblum was there to showcase Jurassic World no, Evolution. I, I'm, like, I'm a really mardy bastard with this stuff. I've said it all before to you where I said like, I don't think you need movie stars to legitimize the, the art form of video games. Yeah. But at least these ones made sense. Like you said, Jeff Goldblum was there, but it was Jurassic World Evolution 2. Like, yeah. There's no Jurassic World Evolution 2 without Jeff Goldblum. This is a game that has a movie star to thank for its existence. Yeah. Like, And then Ryan Reynolds, you said as well, didn't you? Ryan Reynolds showed up to promote Free Guy and show the trailer there. Um, We're literally doing like video game nights at work for Free Guy. So like, it's very much t- 
tied in. Like, I'd be hypocritical if I said that it wouldn't make sense him showing there when we're literally doing video game nights at a cinema. So Yeah, and Giancarlo Esposito was there, again, for Far Cry 6, in for which Far he's Cry, yeah. the main villain in, which it all makes sense. It all legit no, that's, that's all good, yeah. Yeah, why they're there. Um, but yeah, the reveals from Summer Game Fest for me, like Jurassic World Evolution 2, like, I enjoyed my time with the first game. Um, it's not you've something... Se- you've seen my time with the first game, mate, and it was one of the most stressful days of my life, so I don't yeah. know if I'll be playing this one. Yeah, I'll give it a dabble, man. Like, I'll put another 10 hours into it or something. Like, they're not a game I get lost in. It's a game I have a little bit of fun in. Um, I always, like, dream of a world where I get really into one of these kind of games. You know, like, Roller Coaster Tycoon and, like, all these kind of games and, like, obviously Jurassic World has, like, been a bunch of others over time where, like... Just basically like these big park simulators and stuff like that. I just never get into them. Yeah. Like I try and then it kind of just gets a bit overwhelming and I'm just like all these systems are popping up and I'm like, oh man, like I just wish this was a different kind of game. <laughs> yeah. And then I think the other stuff that was shown at Summit Game Fest, we both were excited about. Um, we'll kick off with Horny Boy Codge himself, I suppose. Um, he came out and had a little chat with Jeff and then moved straight into Death Strand in the director's cut. You know, here's a question for you about this. What the fuck did he leave on the cutting room floor? <laughs> like that game seems like everything he wanted to happen happened in Death Stranding. Like what yeah. is there? Like I was watching a video earlier. Uh, I think it was on Escapist, and they were talking about um, the fact that there might be a different way to play the game in there for people who don't like the way it is, just to experience right. the story. Which, like, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't want, like, this... When it says director's cut, like, I hope that's not what it is. Yeah. Like, it's this shortened version of the game that just puts you through the narrative and the main missions. Like, the I whole it was point the of the game. Stuff because of, like... Yeah, I hope so, yeah. Because what was shown is, like, like a stealth mission. Um, yeah. And again, the music was very Metal Gear. Obviously, Kojima. The room that you're in is, like, the room from the start of Metal Gear Solid as well. Yeah, like... All of that seems good. That's what I think it is. I think it's because the rumor of this game before was that it was titled uh, Death Stranding uh, Expanded Version or something. Yeah, or expand, yeah. expanded and extended, something like that. And um, with Kojima being like such a movie guy, like director's yeah. cut is obviously what he's going to want to call it as well. So it makes but sense. Hideo Kojima's Justice League, you know. <laughs> I would watch that. That yeah. would be great. Like, that's the thing. I think that's what it is. I think it is long. I think you're right, mate. I think there will be more in it. It's just that's a theory that somebody had put out that yeah. it might it might be a different way to play it. But I don't agree with that. All like the whole reason Death Strand is so special is because it is exactly what it wants to well, be, just, and not because it's a linear game. Think of how Death Strand could utilize the dual sense, for example, like oh, with the balance. God, yeah. You know what I mean? Just like it's so good. Just how you, like, obviously in Death Stranding, walking is a mechanic. Like, how yeah. you have to balance yourself and, like, the... And p- people, like, map. say in, like, a, a like a derogatory all the time, like, oh, it's a walking simulator. But, like, usually those people haven't really played it because it is a walking simulator. The walking is literally, like you said, a mechanic, which means traversing hundreds of yards across open areas isn't boring because you've got these amazing vistas. And what it also does, which is genius from the Codge himself, is... Have you noticed with Death Stranding? I don't know about you. In a lot of games, mate, when I'm running around an open world and there's not much to do, mm. I have I put the controller down, I push forward on the analog stick, and I'm scrolling through something on my phone. You cannot do that on Death Stranding. No, it you've forces got to you to look at the screen 
and appreciate how beautiful a game it is and how beautiful those, like, the vistas and all the, like, every single texture in the game is as good as you'll ever see. Like, yeah. the music's brilliant as well. And, again, you get so lost in it because you can't take your eyes off the screen. So, like you said, not only imagine what the dual sense and the and all the stuff that comes with this controller can do, imagine what the visual's going to look like updated as well. Oh, yeah. You can't even picture what better than death stranding looks like it's one of the best looking games i've ever seen so. yeah just like the what the playstation 5 software can do like what the hardware yeah. can do like the ssd the ray trace and all of it like it's going to look incredible for yeah death stranding um, i will happily pay for and play through that game again and again and again well like, the thing is as well this is going to lead into a thing we'll, we'll talk about later but they said we're going to learn a lot more about death stranding in a few weeks so oh it, does that mean something else is coming up, like a possible Sony showcase? Maybe, well, like it can't be a Death Stranding remake because that's literally what we just got announced. So that rules that out, doesn't it? So, yeah, God knows. So I think it might be the Sony conference. I think they're going to show more of this there. But like, do you think DLC maybe, or do you do you think it's literally? I think it's going to show exactly what game. they say. And then, but it'll be tied to a Sony conference. If we're going to see right, more, right? So you Stranding, think it's going to be more on this, not something yeah. new, then? Yeah. Right. If you're going to see more of Death Stranding in a few weeks, that leads me to think that there's got to be a Sony thing coming up. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't know they'd said that. That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited now. Um, do you know what Sony could really do if they are? They, so are they having a conference in a few weeks? Did you say we don't know? But it's. Sony usually how, do have a summer showcase, and for them... To- how much could they be good guy Sony if they've sat in the wings waiting for this shit E3 to go by, and then they're just going to go, right, now, God of War, Death Stranding, like, and just beast everything. Because God of War it has to have a reveal soon. Like, and it, I know it's not going to come out this year, but in theory that means it's coming out next year, and most of the games from this E3 were games for next year. Like, it, yeah. It's got to be shown, hasn't it? Yeah, that's typically the, the style of the Sony, Sony rolling anyway, right? They usually yeah. do show stuff about a year to two years out, sometimes yeah. longer in the, in the form of Death Stranding um, and Days Gone and stuff. But like, yeah, they sometimes it's just Kojima sat at uh, the Japanese Game Fest thing, whatever it's called, just explaining that you can pee on plants for seventy minutes. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm I'm positive Sony's going to come out and rock it. Like they're going to tell Same. us yeah. what to expect for the rest of the year, which I don't think will be much, but they might have third party stuff there. And then, obviously, going into next That's, year, it's going to be huge. You, you've just hit on something like really important. There is that this E3 didn't even necessarily miss Sony's first party. Like you said, Sony always end up getting the best third party reveals as well, don't they? Yeah. I mean, it comes part and parcel with being the best selling console every year. Yeah, you go in to get the biggest reveals because that's the biggest consumer stage for everybody to that's, be buying your game from. Yeah, you if you. Are as publisher, you want to align with the best seller. Like you want to yeah. be on the biggest stage, and exactly. that's what Sony is now. Like the biggest games are the biggest stage as well. Like if you were like an indie game, you're more or less better off being off with Nintendo than getting swallowed up by all the big AAA stuff. But if you're a big ass, like the biggest of big reveals to come out, you want to be on Sony's stage. Of course you do. Yeah, of course. And like in some of the indies they showed last year, for example, like Stray, like that's something that people yeah. are really excited about. You know. Um, so those indies are going to massive lease of life from yeah. being on a Sony stage, and that's without then all the big guns coming out on there. I know it's like, like it's, it's stupid, but like NBA, for example, they always end up on a Sony stage because they yeah. want to align with Sony because they'll sell more units of a game that's going to sell millions anyway. And what that also does, like in a smart way as well, is it gets people who just want to buy NBA to watch that and then maybe watch the God of War reveal straight after. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think we would get God of War at a Sony thing. And uh, I think it's time for... Like, we'll talk about what we expect from a Sony thing. But uh, yeah, like the rest of Summer Game Fest was good. The Evil Dead game looked pretty good. Um, we spoke about oh, it, I think, yeah. on, the, on the last E3 thing. Uh, we literally predicted to a T what that game was without seeing one bit of gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like genius, but... It is exactly as we said about it's a evolution of sort of what Friday the 13th and Dead by Daylight have brought, which everybody who plays those games, like they still both get played a lot. Dead by Daylight especially is like it's mm. top 15 on Twitch still, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's yeah, huge. But um, this has got a lot more going on by the looks of it. There's a lot more combat. The characters all look like they play pretty differently. You've got like Ash from all different eras. You've got like the medieval knights from Army of the Dead in there as well. Mm-hmm. And you're basically... By the look of the game, you take what we said, I think we said, is you'd basically be taking out Deadites and doing certain tasks to seal the Nep- Necronomicon again. And that is exactly what the game, like what Ash says. Which is, I love that reveal that they got um, in talking at the start as well. He's like, hey there, gamers. I'm sure you're here to, and like, just gave it a bit more personality than just some guy like, hi, we're the team at blah, 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 and we're making yeah. the evil dead. Like, it was so much better having Bruce Campbell do it and just just basically talk shit about what the game was going to be. Yeah, and I think, again, a lot of the games that I was looking at this time was multiplayer games, and it's more of the aspect of thinking of games that I could play with you and Matt and, like, yeah. the games we're going to have fun with. I don't necessarily think The Evil Dead's going to be an incredible game, but it could be a hell of a laugh with your mates, like, if it's done no. well, right? Like, Well, f- Friday the 13th is not, like, some kind of masterpiece or anything, but I think I've put about 80 hours into that game. Like, yeah. and it only cost, I think it was like 15 quid, like when it launched oh. and the amount of laughs, like I said, you can get just like, because it puts you in scenarios that other games don't like in a game where you're not as powerful as like the main enemy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just really good. But I love the evil dead movies. I love that universe. So like, it looks like the studio are making this absolutely do as well. They, they'll be so much like. Uh, good stuff in there if you are a fan of that stuff. I imagine all the unlockables and all like the the stuff you can walk around. There'll be loads of Easter eggs and yeah, man. It, it kind of looks like graphically and mechanically just a step up from those prior like asymmetrical um, like horror things where it's just obviously multiplayer online stuff. One of you is the big bad. The rest of you are trying to fend for yourself. This looks like it's got a bit more going on. So I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, and that's supposed to be later this year. They didn't give a date, but they're still sticking to this year. So that's yeah, that's good. Like again, Jurassic World was as well. So I'm looking forward to those. Hopefully, and, roughly around like the, the old Halloween horror season, we get to play that. That would be really fun. Yeah, and then the biggest thing from Summer Game Fest, Elden Ring. You're gonna have to make me stop talking about this at some point, mate. Otherwise, it's going to take up the rest of the show. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. You crack on with what you want to say about Elden Ring. Well. There's just so, so, so much from this trailer to take in just from a mechanics point of view, the visuals, everything like that. But it was just a great trailer, wasn't it? If this was just a new trailer to a new thing that wasn't... Well, it is. It is a new thing. But, I mean, it wasn't tied to the Soul series with Miyazaki's, obviously, like, legendary status now in gaming. Like, yeah. I just think the trailer itself was just amazing. The voiceover... The voice acting itself, like the law that they've set up for the story. Um, a lot of things I didn't know about it is 
basically they did the trailer and then everybody's making these videos scampering around trying to find everything they can about it. And then Miyazaki just randomly drops this like massive info dump on it like the yeah. day after. And that's given so much more context. Me and you were really interested prior to this like reveal in what George R. R. Martin did and what yeah. Miyazaki did. Because obviously they're both similar people. They both write these amazing like law rich like fantasy stories and stuff like that. It has actually been clarified now. George R. R. Martin wrote the law and story. He wrote right. both. Right. And then Miyazaki said to to George, I'll take that and get as much of it as I can into the game through the mechanics, but I'll have to remove some stuff basically because it just might not work within the mechanics yeah. of the game. But then he said, like, I was happy to report to George that he, I didn't have to change anything. Everything George wrote is in the game. So he wrote the 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 race of like the tarnished he wrote the six lords that you're going to go have to fight uh the six kingdoms so like it's so weird that it looks like this thing that Miyazaki obviously sat there and went I'm going to make this open world game with these hub worlds where you're going to be able yeah. to that was all George R R Martin's <laughs> shit that he made like that's insane yeah. that I don't know maybe the guy sits and plays games like he must do to get the soul series as well as he does cuz this looks like a natural progression to the souls games and what I think it has got going for it that not many people are really talking about at the minute is that people keep saying, right, it's doing the Breath of the Wild thing. But like it, in the specific way that it's doing it is Zelda used to be this game where you walk around, blah, 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 you go in these little dungeons and then you'd just be in one sort of world. Then Breath of the Wild changed it to a giant open world where you would go into little hub worlds. And that's what Elden Ring's doing. There's going to be this big place you can walk around, but then six mini sort of dungeons that through the open world you're gonna have a horse you're gonna have a map there's a fast travel system mm -hmm. there's all this other stuff and you can just stumble across other enemies um none of it's marked on a map no side quests are marked on maps you have to go out searching for whatever you is you want to find but once you get into these hub worlds it's just going to feel like a dark souls game you're going mm -hmm. to be in like say in dark souls one you're running around and you just get to sen's fortress for example which is this like big fortress with a bunch of snake men are trying to attack you and there's all these pitfalls Snacks. and all this stuff big snacks and you're just yeah you remember those i was telling you about which yeah. pissed me off well th that's what this is going to feel like and there is parts of it where i was trying to think like well if you look at like there's a later bit in the trailer where somebody's like sat in the chair in front of a mirror and it yeah. looks like a room from bloodborne i was like how the hell are they going to do this like but again this is going to be one of the hub worlds that you travel to and it looks like they've learned so much from Sekiro. You can now there's going to be stealth elements, which were great in Sekiro. It, that changed the way you could approach a level, a boss, a, a, an enemy. Um, you can jump now, which mm. the Souls games have never had a jump. Uh, there's a day-night cycle as well. You've got this obvious the, the mount that you see, that the horse that you see, which is a, like a spirit horse, which you yeah. can just summon at any time. And there's going to be boss fights where you're going to be on that horse as well. There's a big epic one with like a dragon that's throwing lightning at you and stuff. But one of the biggest introductions, which kind of just went under the radar when the trailer first got revealed as well, is you're going to be able to summon enemies that you kill, including mm. bosses. Right. So the, the RPG stuff is going to go to a, a whole new level now where you basically Miyazaki said that your build is going to like take into account what things you summon so say if you're like a, a ranged character yeah. you'll summon like a tank boss because he'll go take all the damage and the aggro while you stand there like doing chip damage and stuff like that and mm -hmm. vice versa if you're like a tank you can have a ranged boss that you've defeated 
he's summoned in to help you out. And then alongside the fact that he said the multiplayer is going to be a, a lot more um, sort of easily accessible now. So you're just going to be able to spawn in with your mates and stuff. So in theory, if there's like a really hard boss that you're doing, you get your mate in, he brings a boss summon that works best for the one you've got. Like it's just with a couple little tweaks has made it so much more sort of uh, based on the player agency. Because now I could have a build which is completely different to yours and a completely different boss summon. There's also, I'll, just, I'll be quick because I know I'm going on. There's, um, in Dark Souls 3, they introduced, uh, and Bloodborne, they introduced a thing called weapon arts, where basically R1 is your light attack, R2 is your heavy attack. Um, L1 is usually to change to like two-handed, well, it is in Bloodborne anyway. And then like mm. L2 was like the special attack and each weapon had a different weapon art. So like if you had like a flame sword, it would use it just normally for most for the most part, but your weapon art attack would then do some big like flame attack. You're now going to be able to just unlock those weapon arts as skills, they're called in the game. And you can apply those skills to any weapon then. So if you've got a weapon where like the weapon art's like a backflip stab, that like yeah. takes you back away from an enemy but slashes up them or something, but you don't like the sword that it's on, but you've got this really good axe, you can then put it on that axe. Mm. So like the player agency, again, like I said, he's going to be just off the... One of the best things about the Souls games is talking to your mates about what they do, how their build works. Are you a skill build? Are you a strength build? Are you a this? And it's kind of like that that playground Pokemon thing where you're trying to figure out with your mates what the best tactic is for each boss or the best tactic is for each thing. And that's just gone to like thousands more levels of uh, like in-depth like knowledge that you can gain from doing that. And the best thing is you don't really have to mess around with stuff like that. You just want to go in with a broadsword and level up your strength and just be strong. That's fine. You can mm. do that. But like, for example, now on Bloodborne, I'm just starting to get into all the skill builds where you never even level up your strength. And like, I'm just picturing the amount of stuff you can change in Elder Ring is going to be amazing. Beyond that, the world just looks incredible. I, the I trailer just, was amazing. Oh, that the voiceover! I've just got. It, I've watched that trailer so many times. I've just got the foul tarnished like stuck in my head. It's so so good, man. And again, it looked beautiful. It gave me Shadow of the Colossus vibes, like going across the bridge and stuff. And but I asked you this before, mate. You're not uh, a Souls guy. You want to get into it. You're really excited for this. You, as you've told me, what were your impressions of the trailer? Now I've just gone on for ages. Yeah, I, I love the trailer. It was far more than I expected. Um, I, if anything, I expected like another small tease of it. Mm, um, I didn't I didn't expect a three minute long trailer. All gameplay. gameplay. Yeah, it's like all gameplay. It's insane. Yeah, I didn't expect it. Um, and again, the release date of January next year, that's massive. Um, that's a week off for me. I'm booking a week that, off. That's got to be a week off for you, man. Yeah, like, that's massive. Like, I, I'm really excited by it. Like, I really loved Game of Thrones. Um, I think George R. R. Martin is a great writer. So, like, that's always, mm-hmm. um, again... And like, the only parts about Game of Thrones you didn't like, George didn't write. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and that's the thing. Um, having somebody like George attached to this game, I think yeah. we'll draw in a, like a wider audience. Um, Definitely, yeah. And again, like I've got Demon Souls just shit sitting on my shelf. Like I haven't yeah. played it, I haven't touched it. The plan is later in the year to get hyped for Elden Ring, go through it with Ant being my coach. Um, yeah, as my introduction to to the series. Um, but yeah, like I'm so, I'm excited for it as, personally, but I was more excited. Uh, do you know what's going to be interesting about you doing uh, Demon Souls just before Elden Ring as well? Is you're going to get to see. In like the most whiplash way, you're going to get to see the progression of Miyazaki's 
sort of style. And yeah. I know it's going to be it's written by George, but obviously Miyazaki still had most of the reign on it, like of how it is. And you're going to see just how far these games have come. And it's going to be, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear you talk about them, mate. Because I, I, I say this without any sort of reservation, honestly. I think these are the best games ever made. I really do. I think if these were in a different art form, they'd be studied. They're, they're to that level of just the level design, the law, everything it is genius. And this just looks like a, again, and I'm, I'm so happy to say this. It just looks like it's going to be another absolute colossal hit for from yeah, software. Yeah. I think it's going to be it the did, biggest one. Like, yeah, it's going to be the biggest. Anything. Yeah. It's going to be the biggest, not in terms of just like, uh, scale, but scope as well. And yeah. like you said, fans are just at fever pitch for this one. And it's, Kind of because since Bloodborne, because Bloodborne was the one that got everybody just going insane for From Software and Miyazaki. Like that was the what Dark Souls is the huge hit, but then like Bloodborne just did it again and just proved that like he's just he is the guy. He's this genius that everybody has him down as. Then you got Dark Souls three, which is just like him kind of wrapping up the series of the Dark Souls games. Sekiro is then a bit of a step in a different direction where it's not an RPG necessarily. There's no multiplayer summoning. There's no. There's a lot of stuff taken out of that game, which I think did help it. But now you're going back to the roots of what a Souls game is, just with more, just so much more mm. added on. And yeah, man, I, I I get goosebumps watching that trailer. I've watched it so many times; it's ridiculous. Like I'll just be sat there sometimes just thinking about Elden Ring. I'm not even joking. I just sit yeah. thinking about what's going to be in it and all the enemies that you see, they just like, I can't even think of what's going on with all that. That guy at the end who's been pulling arms off of other things and sticking him to himself and stuck a giant like fire breathing bird to his like shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like I just can't wait to kick the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. But yeah. We better move on mate. Otherwise I'm just going to carry on talking about this for the rest of the day. So we've got yeah. plenty more to talk about. Well, going straight from day one of summer game fest, we went into a game fest section, which was Netflix geek week where uh, uh, Jeff Keighley was then he with Rahul Kohli and helped reveal some legend and helped reveal some brand new series and stuff coming to Netflix based on like video game series. Um, obviously the most popular one and the thing you adore Castlevania. That was, I feel like I'm a right, like shillier, but I, I, I'm going to gush about something else again here, Anna. This is yeah. one of my favorite shows of all time. And now they're adapting my favorite, one of my favorite. I, I always say to you about uh, Castlevania Rondo of Blood and Symphony yeah. of the Night are my two favorites. They're so neck and neck, I can't choose. And they've just decided to just adapt Rondo of Blood now with Richter Belmont, which is just, I, I was literally mind blown. Like, I just got off the back of like season four. And if you listen to, I think it was last week's episode of NPM. I'm losing my shit about it being one of my favorite things in years. It was just so, so good. It worked on every level for me. Bit good that we weren't going to get more. But now I'm even more excited to just see more characters in this universe now because they did it as well as they did. Yeah. They kind of wrapped up Richter, uh, not Richter, um, Trevor, Alucard, and Cypher's story so well. If they'd have announced a season five, I might, you know me, I get a bit like, oh, do we really need more of this? Like, Whereas this now, just doing straight into Richter Belmont, I'm like, yes, perfect. What a yeah. perfect move. And it also pretty much cements that after this, you're going straight in. Because Rondo of Blood, the game, finishes as Symphony of the Night starts. The opening of Symphony of the Night is the end of Rondo of Blood. Like, you play the ending of Rondo of Blood as the 
as the prologue in Symphony of the Night. So I have absolutely no doubt that the next season is Symphony of the Night and people are going to lose it again for that. But a lot of people didn't play Rondo of Blood back in the day because it was like on the Turbo graphics and then it got ported over, but it was only like, it was really hard to get a hold of. It was re-released as Dracula X Chronicles on like the PSP, but it's like basically you've never had the core version of the game up until this recent PS4 re-release. So people are going to get the chance to experience those monsters, characters, story, everything just in cinematic form now. Like, well, at home at least. And that's great. I can't wait for it. Yeah. Um, I was excited about the Cuphead show, of all things. Like, I thought that was really cool looking. Like, I don't really care about the Cuphead game, but I think the art style and everything of, of Cuphead in general works so well to an t- animated TV series. Well, that's um, what it's, it's come full circle, hasn't it? That's what it's based yeah. on. It's those yeah. old, like animated series and yeah it's gonna yeah again come full circle back to be an animated series again yeah which, yeah I'm, I'm with you mate yeah that good i just want to give it a quick mention because like it's not something i'm extremely excited about but it's something i thought would look really cool i've and, got cuphead with every intention to play it i just haven't got around to it yet so yeah but the one thing i was really excited about at the netflix geek week was uh the splinter cell series animated mm. series which is going to be div- which is being written by the creator of john wick Oh, nice! And that guy did a couple of episodes of Falcon with Soldier as well. Uh, he did Nobody, so he's also done Nobody, yeah. Which also, just a quick mention about Nobody, following up to our Bob review episode, every single person that I've sent through at work to go watch it, I've told them it's literally the best thing I've seen this year. Like it's amazing. Not one of them has come out doing anything else but grinning from ear to ear and just saying, "Oh my god, mate, you were so right!" Like I had a guy. So basically, it works. It's kind of a one-way system. Like they can't come back out to where I am. But this yeah. guy just basically just rushed through, and he was like, "Mate, it was so good. It was so good." Like this old guy, and he just said, "Like he was like, oh, the bit where Doc Brown was just like sawn off, shotgunning everyone." I was like, "Mate, <laughs> it's great." And he was like, "And I love the soundtrack." And you said, "I love the soundtrack." And like, I'm just loving that everybody's loving that film. And not, I'm not gonna lie, not many people are going to see it. Like, but the people that are, are all coming out saying it's great, which is yeah. Good on nobody, because that's a beast of a film. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. And go listen to our Bob Review episode as well. Yeah, that's why I'm so excited about this Splinter Cell series. I've been really missing the Splinter Cell games as a whole. Yeah, man, um, same, yeah. And Ubisoft just refused to do anything with it, but besides shove him in other games and now give him his own animated show. But I'm looking here's, forward here's to it, man. Here's a question for you. Which game is going to get a sequel next which is more likely, Splinter Cell or Metal Gear? Metal Gear. <laughs> which is insane, isn't it? That we're not, even, that. Like, not a sequel, but like a remake or something. Dude, yeah, just like a game. A game in the series, yeah. Yeah, like I think Splinter Cell is dead. Like I generally think... And it's ironic that in the last Splinter Cell game that came out, they did an homage to Snake. Mm. As in, like... He, he, I think Sam Fisher literally says in like a cutscene... Some dialogue where he's like, oh, I used to know a friend who uh, he wore a bandana, he was a war hero and all this. And he's like, shame, that guy's not around anymore. Like, it was literally referencing the fact that Metal Gear was gone. I it hope is. in the next Metal Gear you get, I used to know a guy who wore these goggles. <laughs> like, just referencing it back again. The thing is with, like, the Splinter Cell, man, like, Ubisoft these days are all about the big open worlds, right? Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Watch Dogs. Mm-hmm. Look at Metal Gear 5. They could adapt Splinter Cell to go like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. That'd be the way Open-ended to go. Open-ended level design where you just say, like, kind of like Hitman, but more like action-focused. That's the thing. You like, you literally missing. say, here's this target. 
do whatever yeah. you want to do with all the gadgets we've given you to take them out. Like it'd be perfect. Like you're kind of missing a, a big budget, high level, like stealth game now. Like Metal Gear yeah. Solid Cells Goal, you need you need something to replace that. Like mm, this definitely. is the perfect. I'm trying to think what is like that even anymore. Every year, people are praying for a Splinter Cell game to be announced at Ubisoft Forward. Yeah, like yeah. they're always they're they're praying for it, and it just never happens. Like it came out the other last week that it, it leaked that there's this game coming out either next year or the year after, which you play as like like Sam Fisher in those in this the game was encapsulated the division Splinter Cell, Watch Dogs, all these things, Rainbow Six, just smash them all into one game. Yeah. Well, it's like they're acknowledging the series all the time. They've just announced a pissing show for it. They know that people want this, otherwise they wouldn't have done a Netflix show. So why aren't they doing a game? It doesn't make any sense. Like, to be fair, in the same breath, I'm saying this where I'm talking about how excited I am for a Castlevania show where we haven't had a Castlevania game in, like, I don't know, 10 years, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. We haven't had a Castlevania game since the 3DS? No. And Castlevania's only getting bigger. Like it's yeah. only getting bigger now thanks to the show. Like, I think the keep... show has found it a new audience to the point where exactly there's a new audience on Netflix because Netflix is like a really accessible thing that literally everybody has. But what else is that? Is the Switch? Put a fucking Castlevania game on the Switch for God's sake. Yeah. Put a two D literal like Symphony of the Night. Like, look at Bloodstained. Mm-hmm. Like that's eating Castlevania's dinner. People are like they just—they're announcing like sequels to that and stuff, and people are getting really excited for it. And it's like Bloodstained's cool, but why is this not Castlevania? Yeah, you could say the same about Metroid for years, but they've got their shit together now, and they're now making a new 2D Metroid for all the fans that love the 2D ones, and a new 3D like big massive Metroid Prime game for all the people that love that. Like they're answering Nintendo for all the criticisms you can give them. Oh, we want Mario, big like three D open world Mario again. There you go. We want a new Zelda that's like bigger and bolder than it. Yeah, there you go. And here's a sequel. Uh, we want Metro. Yep, there you go. Like we want all these characters in Smash. Yep, got them. Like they are answering the questions. And then again, you get Ubisoft where people are like we want a new Splinter Cell, and they're like, uh, as a company, we're going to be focused on uh, games of service from now on. Here's Splinter Cell in Rainbow Six, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it is a TV show, and everybody's just launching food at them on the stage. Like, just come on, just do a game, man. Yeah. Um, going from Ubisoft into another Ubisoft show, Far Cry Blood Dragon. That was one that oh. got right, right? Oh, yes. And isn't there a Blood Dragon remake, as well, you said, like, or just a remaster or something? Yeah, there's a remaster coming out with the Far Cry 6, like, Ultimate Edition, I think, or something. Oh, well, that's that bought, then. Even if I don't end up playing fucking Far Cry 6, that is worth the price. It's you can't get Blood Dragon unless you buy like a certain edition of Far Cry Three on the PS4 as well, yeah. which is weird. But Blood Dragon, legit, is like Far Cry Three. I think is my favorite Far Cry, but Blood Dragon might be like right alongside it. It's a smaller game, yeah. But obviously, with with Blood Dragon, it's like you kind of thinking well. It's all these '80s references. You can literally find like the Ninja Turtles in a sewer. You're playing as Michael Bean, like, <laughs> it, it, and he's just, the the game is just so well written. Like all the stuff at the start, and it's like press jump to jump, and like Michael Bean's like, I don't want to fucking listen to your shit. Like it's it's so well done. Like that in that sense, there's a really good soundtrack. Um, 
there's like levels that are just completely referencing Alien. Like you go to the bottom of this like hive and there's all these eggs and you've got a flamethrower. Like it's just one of those games, man, that just if you if you're a big fan of like sci-fi eighties thingy, the the story starts and it's like the year is twenty like the year is 2002 the the apocalypse has had an apocalypse like it's mm. it's exactly what you think it is but it's great in that sense and it has that far cry 3 gameplay which is like just so addicting that gameplay loop of taking down the camps and stuff so the show you said it's not about rex power cult though it's not about michael it's, bean's character yeah. it's a guy called laserhawk yeah captain laserhawk and it's uh the show itself has been developed by adi shankar so and nice. he did castlevania so you're gonna get like that what I was talking about, all those 80s references, everything's going to be in there. Like, all the guns in the game, it's like the bow from Rambo, the, uh, the pistol from Robocop, the shotgun yeah. from Terminator. Like, hopefully it's just all that again. It's kind of... I've said to you before, and I said it when we were doing the Psycho Gorman episode, uh, the other NPM episode, I'm kind of getting pissed off with some of the way people are doing this 80s shit where they just, like, it's effortless. They're just like, oh, yeah, here's a bunch of, like, shit. Here's Home Alone and here's this. And it, do you know what I mean? And it's, like, getting a bit boring. Yeah. But, like, there are some things that do it perfectly. And, like, me and you spoke about it before. Like, Stranger Things is a great example. I think that's a great example of getting it. And Blood Dragon is one as well. So, hopefully, the remake comes to PS5. And hopefully, the show is great as well. Yeah. Um, going into, then, the actual Ubisoft conference, there was a few things there that I actually was... Like, fairly excited by. Um, first one being Rainbow Six Extraction. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I kind of look at this as a game for you, me, and... Us lot, yeah. Like, possibly Matt and stuff. Like, being, doing a tactical shooter with, like, these like infected parasite things. Like, you the know... The cool um, thing about the trailer is Rainbow Six Siege has got to a point where the characters are so recognisable. Like, the look and their abilities. Yeah. And you're now just going to use that in a different context, which is amazing. Like, all those abilities that you're using are just from Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah, yeah. It's but you're now going to use it to combat aliens, like, which is yeah. sick. I, it's, it's like a thing, like, I'm not a big Rainbow Six fan, but, like, mm. seeing that and seeing the gameplay and, that, and just seeing the trailer, I, was, I just went straight to Aslot, how we yeah. would operate this mission, how we oh, would, yeah. you know, we know Matt's going to get consumed by one of these parasites. We know, like, <laughs> we're going to have to go and get him out. Like, Especially if one of them's a siren. Oh yeah, he's gonna get loaded in. Like, oh no, please don't get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's Matt? Oh yeah, he's been caught on purpose. Let's just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt's the only guy in like uh, RE8 that was just running after Dimitrescu to the point where she was running away. I think. <laughs> oh, I would assume so. Yeah. <laughs> the girls are begging him to shoot the windows. <laughs> Let us out. <laughs> <laughs> Death is better than this. We love you really, Matt. We're only joking. He's probably not listening. Anyway, what's next? Um, <laughs> Riders Republic was one that I... Just... <laughs> I don't well, I don't even know what Riders... Oh, it's the sports game. I remember now. Yeah, yeah Riders I Republic. Remember. Again, not a game I'm wanting to spend £70 on. But like... This is like the, the f- cool dad fun version of Steep, isn't it? Yeah, like... I don't know, man. It's just like it just looks so, like it's like Tony Hawk, right? I love Tony Hawk. Um, oh yeah, man. Yeah. I have such a good time playing those games. Pro Skater One or Two Remastered last year was incredible. Um, so, like, scratches that itch I think you had when you were a kid, like PS One, PS Two days when you're playing these kind of sports games. Um, that is an itch I scratch very frequently. Yeah, 
Like, so I'm up for this. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, that's what I'm. Bit I'm down SSX for it. tricky vibes as well. Yeah, yeah. Like seeing all the things you could do in them, and like it's really cool. Have it be like this big multiplayer experience. Like the union friends can go on. Like there's modes which has like got like 64 players in, and it's just like a massive mm. race. And if it's in a wingsuit or so on a BMX, whatever. Like it's nice to have a big multiplayer game that looks cool where you're not all just shooting each other in the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that's the thing. It just looks like a fun game, like a little fun yeah. time. Again, I don't think it's going to win any Game of the Year awards. I don't think yeah. it's going to do anything like that. It's just a nice little game. Like, that's all it is. And, yeah, man, like, that's about it for me, for Ubisoft. There's one more thing I think we're both excited for, but did you have anything else at Ubisoft that you were excited about? Uh, No, I don't think so. Just to give you guys context here as well, I, I hardly saw any of this, so if I forget some shit, just forgive me. I probably was excited for more. I just can't remember. Yeah. Um, um, Avatar, then. It's literally may as well be called Far Cry Avatar from the descriptions I've read of the gameplay. It's a first person, like, uh, camp based thing where you can fly around <laughs> an island. Like, it's Far Cry Avatar, and I'm not complaining. That sounds cool. Avatar always lent itself to being a really cool video game world. Like, more than big... it does a movie. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not a big fan of the film at all. Like, I don't really care about the film or the sequels, but the world Dude, of Pandora I... is really cool. Yeah, this is exactly like. It's like the world is a lot more interesting than the story that the film is telling. Yeah. Um, like, the world is genius. Like, I go Disney as a lot, as you guys listening know, and Pandora is one of the best places in Disney now. It's insanely good. Like, it's so well built out. The Again, it's just a world ripe for sort of, well, world building, but that whether that be in a theme park, in a video game, it's better that sense because like we said in a film you're literally just telling a story and there's like maybe a bit of world building in there and stuff but in this us getting to freely explore like with the navi and do all this stuff like that sounds a lot more appealing than a sequel does to me and disney are going full on with avatar like five sequels a theme park and now a massive ubisoft game like they're gonna mm. bomb this i was looking around in a, a game shop earlier and there was there was an avatar game wasn't there on ps3 yeah, back I, when the film came out, there was one, Italian one. Yeah, it's probably dog shit. I never played it, but this looks like it's going to be the real deal. And this is like the team that's going to go on to do the Star Wars game. This is massive entertainment. So I'm looking at this with like... Yeah, this is, sort of their, this, is, needs to this be, is their trial for you, isn't it? Yeah, basically, yeah. Like It needs a, it needs a hit. Like When the guy was talking about this crossover thing, because they just got done with Mario and Rabbids, um, they were talking about this crossover thing, trust... like. This company trusts them with an IP, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, is this Star Wars? And it trolled me, man. It was after. Yeah. Like, not complaining too much because the game looks pretty decent. And I'm excited mm. to play it next year. So that was just a cinematic trailer, wasn't it? But they did give d- gameplay details, didn't they, after? Yeah, they did. They said it was. Later, yeah. yeah, it was going to be a, a first. Because first person surprised me a bit. But then when you think about it as a Far Cry game. You, yeah. yeah. And you're going to be using like their weaponry and stuff in it. Also... In that universe, obviously, just as, as, as sort of a law thing, you are transporting as a human into a Na'vi. Like, I'm assuming that's how it's going to work. Yeah. Like, in the game, you're going to be a human that is going to be putting itself into the avatar, obviously, of a Na'vi. Like, like you do in a video game. That's just you as a human going into a, playing as, like, Sam Fisher or something. He's your avatar. Like... Hopefully they do reference that because that would be really cool. 
if the game was literally like and obviously they do this with like um assassin's creed and stuff don't they like in the animus but it would literally be you the player are controlling an rv like i would like it if they referenced that that would be nice yeah um going to the next one then it was the xbox conference that was like the big one um and i did they deliver best bin like all the articles are saying online I think they did pretty well, like, honestly. Like, that and Nintendo, I think, are the strongest two conferences. Um, not Capcom? No. Definitely not Capcom. <laughs> no, this is, like, I wasn't, there's not a ton of stuff I've written down from the Xbox thing, but it was a solid show. They kept going and going, and they had 27 titles going to Game Pass. And, like, they just kept going. And <laughs> that's what you want. I have written down for Xbox. <laughs> well, I've got a few. I had uh, Starfield written down. Um, again, we didn't see anything really from it other now, than like the, that is a game that i am theoretically excited for but until they show me something from it i just don't care about those cinematics man like yeah. they're showing you like flying around in a ship so in my brain i was like so are we gonna get a ship to just fly around in space like to freely explore probably not you're gonna have these little hub worlds or some shit like that's the kind of thing that gameplay reveals show you so yeah um one thing that was there which i know you did like at the expo showcase was a game called replaced Oh, is that what that was? Yes, I do have that written down then, yeah. Yeah, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, it, it's really nice art style. It looks kind of like a game called The Last Night that was shown like a few years ago, which was this like, it's sort of 3D 16-bit layers, which looks really nice. Um, but it kind of has like a, it's like a cyberpunky kind of thing. And then, mm-hmm. but there's like all sorts of different places they're running around, which like the settings look different. And then right at the end of the trailer, the trailer kind of gets just more and more cool as it goes on. Like it looks like a bit of like an atmospheric indie game kind of thing. And then the combat kicks in and that looks amazing. Like that was the bit where I was like, Oh shit, this is not going to be like some little thing where you're walking around just like just talking to NPCs and stuff like some of these indie games. No, like the combat looks great. So Mm. yeah, I'll definitely play that. That looks like a, is is it Xbox and switch for example, or is it like, I can't recall. I think it was a game pass thing though. All right. Well, regardless, I can. I've got all them. I can play it on whatever. But I, that yeah. is definitely one I will be keeping an eye out for. I think and, we'd uh, be kind of remiss if we didn't mention Halo when talking about Xbox. Yeah. Like I wasn't <laughs> a big fan of what was shown. Um, it just looked. Why more... did they choose to show? So, like, the multiplayer must be developed separately. Then, like. Why have they shown multiplayer but said there's absolutely nothing they could show gameplay-wise from the campaign that's being retooled? Is the multiplayer not being retooled? I'd assume not. Um, the problems they had, right, was with like with what they were shown from the from the campaign. Um, mm. That's what they had the backlash from. I think I'm assuming because I know fine. some games do obviously use separate teams to develop the multiplayer and thing. I think a yeah. lot of them do now, don't they? So, yeah. and the multiplayer, like part of games often doesn't need to look as good as like the campaigns do like they often shoot down like the the terrain levels and stuff like that like a lot of it's like put down because obviously you you're running in game with loads of people running around and stuff like that so it look to be honest mate that multiplayer trailer i was just like yeah it definitely looks like halo there's a bunch of different (laughs) colored spartans shooting rockets at each other in warthogs like it definitely looks like every other halo multiplayer like yeah bit of footage like i don't know what else i could take from that no no that's the thing it just looked like more halo um it's not this magical reinvention which they were kind of hyping up to be a couple of years ago um it just looks like more halo and yeah it doesn't even have a release date they're still saying this year um 
or they can't put a date on it right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, this has probably dampened my excitement for Halo Infinite. Like, I, I wanted the big like. I liked the initial reveal, so I thought they were going to just retool that a little bit and and <laughs> acknowledge that because obviously people were pissed about the visuals and stuff and something they avoided some, this time around. Yeah, take something like that into account and then just sort of show us what you've been doing since. But how can it be coming out this year if they've got absolutely zero to show from the campaign? Yeah, exactly. It's, it I haven't got high hopes me. for it anymore. How can they, like, again, show us, like, it's three, four minutes of multiplayer, but they've got nothing from the campaign. Like, not even, like, the opening, like, two minutes or something, like, just where Master Chief gets out of the bloody, like, cryo-sleep thing and then just gets his assault rifle. Like, people would have lost it for that. Like, I don't give a shit about the cinematic trailers for games where I don't know the context of the gameplay yet. I really couldn't care. Like, that's what it was with Starfield. Like, if it's a studio that you know and you are setting a tone or something like that, then fair enough. But, like, Halo, we know what Halo's going to be like. And also, we know exactly what it's going to be like. And also, 343 have not delivered on the last two Halo games. No, exactly, yeah. So then, yeah, since they've taken over, like, obviously, all the Bungie dudes went over to Destiny, didn't they? And they're doing that instead. And they're bossing it. People love Destiny, so... Yeah, that's the thing with that stuff. Um, a game I was really excited about, there, uh, which is a brand new one, Xbox exclusive, was Redfall. Um, that was a great trailer, you know, with that the vampires. That was a trailer, but still, what is that game? Apparently it's a, it's a single-player thing. Right, because it looked kind of like a multiplayer. I was picturing thing. like a Left 4 Dead thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, like a group, and they've all got different personalities and all this. So I was like, it just looked like it was going to be Left 4 Dead, but vampires. But yeah. if it's if you say it's a single player thing, that makes me a bit more excited. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks really fun to me. It looks like a nice little. There was lo- a lot of Left for Dead looking games to be fair in a year where we were already getting Back for Blood. <laughs> yeah, and Back for Blood's going straight to Game Pass as well now. So yeah. Um, but that game, Black for Blood, looks pretty good. Redfall looks good. Hey, I'm a big fan of vampires. I hope it's a good game. If it's, if it's, I just want to see gameplay. Obviously, I don't know. It could be. It could be a tactical like strategy turn based game. As far as we know from that trailer, like no idea. But All yeah, right. if it's a single player like campaign thing, I'm more excited definitely now. But something that they did show gameplay of at the Xbox event was Battlefield 2042, mm-hmm. which looks incredible. That looks That's insane. Like a dead certain buy for both of us, hasn't it? And that was before it even all got revealed. We're just itching for the more the like me and you loved Battlefield One and mm-hmm. Battlefront Two. And that's kind of just been missing because you and I both kind of skipped Battlefield Five after all the bullshit at the start. So like we're just wanting another shooter like that to play, basically. But some of the stuff they've revealed for this, mate, looks insane. Like have you seen the stuff about the weather system that's gonna yeah. affect like the levels? <laughs> That's it. Like, there's apparently a, one of the multiplayer levels is like got obviously there's one with ice and the ice is slowly yeah. melting throughout the level. So you'll be like breaking through that and like, oh, maybe your vehicles will fall through it or whatever. Uh, 128 player matches. Yep. No, bo- no battle royale next, or yeah. campaign, which I'm just not asked about. Just really not asked. Yeah. Um, because that's not what I'm going to play this for. Like, I played the Battlefield One vignette things and I can't remember any any of them also i wouldn't have missed them if they weren't there and you and i already play like fortnite as battle royale don't kill us guys but 
I don't need something to replace Fuck Fortnite. Fuck you lot who, some... who moan and ask about Fortnite. We're good at it. Suck my dick. Yeah, exactly. Fuck <laughs> off. Like, it's a f- I think it's so, like, it's so cool to hate on Fortnite, but they are the best at what they do by far, so. Yeah, but I don't need a game to replace that. I, I want something to like be an accent to it. Like I want to be able to go. Oh, I can't really be asked Fortnite today. Let's blow everybody up in Battlefield instead. And there's another level where there's a fucking tornado going through the middle of the map, ripping up the like the terrain around you, and you can get sucked up into the tornado. Yeah. And then you're all shooting each other in your flight <clears> suits. <throat> and if you don't think this sounds cool, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> like this is also great. The one with the rocket where that takes off, like that destroys some of the envir- environment as it takes oh, off. It's like, ba- well, Battlefield have always done that well, like destructible environments. And yeah, this just is a this this is now it, just going. But what about the weather? <laughs> like, yeah, this is just a is natural great. evolution and a great evolution of what they do anyway. Like, and I think the setting's perfect. It's not too far in the future where everybody's not going to like it being too like sci-fi, but it's not same old shit where it's everybody using like. Uh, bloody Winchesters again like people yeah. got fed up with so I, I'm I'm up for this man 2042 imagine, it looks really good imagine me you and Matt stepping into 2042 like zip lining from building to building yeah like, yeah wing man, suiting yeah. down Matt getting ripped up into a tornado I say Matt because he's gonna get ripped up into it isn't he like, oh yeah yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm stuck in a tornado, big boy. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm stuck in a fucking tornado. I've killed a thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to make him buy this game because it's gonna be ace, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to get him on it because Matt loved Call of Duty when we played that with him. Um, oh yeah, he did. Yeah, this is gonna be then. yeah, this is gonna be next level for Matt. Just seeing the yeah. destructible environment and the tornadoes, the weather system, exactly. all of it. Then you might like, have that PS5 by then. You might have the PS5. Oh, that's the thing. With the PS4 version, it's only 64 players. It's not 128. Well, that, I like that. You should you should do that, because then it shows there's a reason to buy a PS5. Like It's what we were talking about with our Godfall shit at the start of the show. Oh, was that before the show? I can't remember. Godfall's now been announced to go onto the PS4, which is like not only admitting that Godfall didn't do well on PS5, but also kind of admitting that you didn't really need a PS5, which I don't yeah. like. Like... There aren't many exclusive games on PS5. There's a lot more than there are on Xbox, but there aren't many. So to just sort of concede and go, oh, we'll put it on PS4 as well, it's like, you don't want that. You're just extending the lifetime of the PS4 and stopping people buying a PS5. Yeah, and like obviously it is hard to come by getting a PS5, but they've still sold more PS5s in that time frame than they sold PS4s. Yeah, since its release, more PS5s have been sold since since the same amount of time of the PS4's release. And... I think that's just that every time there's going to be one available, they're just going to get snapped up really quickly. And this Battlefield 2042 is a prime example of... Because we've had the single-player games for the PS5. We've had Ratchet & Clank. We've had Returnal. We've had Demon's Demon Souls. Souls. But now we're getting this big multiplayer experience that's really going to take advantage of it, which is something we haven't we, really had. No, no, we um, haven't, no. Like, yeah, you've had Call of Duty and stuff come up, but they haven't taken advantage of the SSD and the new hardware of being able to say... right, Warzone's we can had those like, little updates, haven't they, to- Yeah. But you, you can just turn around and say, look, we can fit 128 people on, on here because of the system that you own. If you own the yeah. PS4, unfortunately, you, you can't have just as much chaos as the other guys have. Like, yeah. You know, and it's what I speak about to you all the time, where that's the progression I want to see in like the future generations of consoles. It's not just, oh, look how many more beads of sweat you can see on John Cena's forehead in WWE. Like, I want this. That is the perfect thing to sell me on a system is, oh, 
you can literally have double the amount of players in this because this system can just handle it. That's a perfect reason to drop like half a grand on a system. Yeah. Imagine winning the match in that though. You've got to feel more rewarded because there's so much more to take on than yeah. just like, oh, like... And there was like cinematic trailers that they put out where it's just carnage left, right and centre. This is going to look like that. Like Battlefield already nearly did. Battlefield 1, where you would run in on those first moments of like the, the, the big like war mode, whatever it was called. Can't remember what it was yeah. called. That. And it felt cinematic, didn't it? And this yeah. is just going to blow that out of the water even. But that game was years old now. So yeah, can't wait. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I had for the Xbox event. Um, the last one then was Nintendo, which we kind of started talking about at the start of this. So I don't know if there's much more to go so, into with Nintendo other than the big We already the did um, Metroid Dread, so we won't go over that. They quickly mentioned that they were still developing Metroid Prime 4, but we know that. Um, yeah. The other one that I was excited for, just a smaller game, is uh, Fatal Frame, which has been a series that's been going on forever, which is basically... Uh, Japanese horror game where you don't have any weapons, you just have a camera where, and like the flash on the camera can sort of reveal these ghosts and like keep them away from you. But honestly, mate, I don't know if you, you did watch that trailer, didn't you? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. I watched it all. It is really creepy. Like those games are really, it's weird that they're at a Nintendo event because that kind of hot, like Japanese horror is, always gets under my skin a bit more like the grudge and the ring and stuff like that. And, this has that kind of vibe where it's just like these little like ghostly figures like just sat in the corner of a dark room and the only thing you've got to be able to see them is the flash on your camera. So you're taking these quick pictures and then like trying to establish where they are versus where you are on the last picture you took. And it's it's notoriously a really, really good horror series. So I'm glad we're getting a new one now. And uh, yeah, Maiden of Blackwater is um, the title for it. So can't wait for that. I'll absolutely be buying that and turning all the lights off and uh, spooking the shit out of myself and playing that on Switch. But yeah, apart from that, mate, there was a lot of like little reveals that look really cool. The new Game & Watch thing is going to be like a huge thing for collectors. The Game yeah. & Watch, obviously, an old system that people used to buy where you just have like one game on at a time and they've now released a Mario Game & Watch and a Zelda Game & Watch. So you imagine you're going to get like a Metroid one and they're all going to look really nice on a shelf someday. Um they, they do look really smart to have. But, uh, yeah, the big boy itself is Breath of the Wild 2, which, again, amazing trailer. Uh, the Breath of the Wild trailers were all incredible as well, though, I thought. All mm. the marketing for Breath of the Wild was good. It, it gives it this more, like, epic feel, like there's a lot of stakes in these Breath of the Wild games. Like, the other games have been, like, little fun things at times, some of them. Like, and then you got Twilight Princess, which is a bit more dark, and then Breath of the Wild seems to hit this perfect middle ground where the art style is like less like serious and uh, realistic looking than Twilight Princess's art style was, but not quite as like cartoony as Wind Waker. But then in this trailer, obviously, it's pretty grim, isn't it, mate? Like yeah. Zelda like falls down like a giant like hole or something. I think it, I think people have like suggested. I don't read too much of this stuff, but I think I saw a tweet where somebody saying that there's big time like time travel elements in this, and you're going to be going across like all of the time in the Zelda timelines and stuff. I mentioned to you, and I know this is a daft little fact, but like Link's hair's a bit longer, which mm. kind of, I know it's such a small detail, but it's kind of like gives you this feel where he's like, some shit's gone down. Like, why has he not got his usual haircut? Like, yeah. again, does lend itself as well to the fact that he's probably gone across time and it's just, yeah, he's just grown out. Like, it's this big epic adventure again. And 
yeah, Breath of the Wild is, uh, again, I feel like I've, there's been a lot of hyperbolic statements from me with uh, Bloodborne and uh, uh, the Soul series and Castlevania, but Breath of the Wild, not really a hot take to say it's one of the best games ever made. And I'm really excited to see if they can just hit that again with... This is kind of the one-two punch where you had, back in the day on the N64, you had Ocarina of Time. They used all the engine and the assets from that game to make Majora's Mask, which was a lot darker version of what was going on in Ocarina of Time. I think that's what we're going to get here again. And it's a perfect blueprint because both those games went down as legendary titles as well. So, yeah. yeah. So it's- what did you think, mate, as a guy who's... You're not notoriously not a Nintendo guy, are you? But, no. again, something you want to get into, isn't it? Something I want to try and get into, like... Again, with um, the you're waiting stuff. for me to give you my Switch, basically, once the other Switch comes out, aren't we? So, yeah, like, I do. Like, Nintendo, for me, has never been a big thing that I was into as a kid or anything, so I didn't yeah. grow up with the nostalgia. I was mainly playing it for Pokemon. Um, yeah. And just going f- from there, but, like, I feel like I've missed out on so much, especially uh, Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey in the most recent years, and, uh, yeah, yeah, like, I'm... And the Breath- Switch is it's a really good time for you to get into it, mate, because there are a lot of fans that after like the GameCube went, nah, the Wii's not for me and the Wii U's a load of shit. So we'll just leave it. And then now jumping back in on the Switch. So you're coming back in at the right time. If you, if you, if you're going in first time, like it's as better time as ever. Yeah. And like watch a breath of the wild. Like I watched plenty of it. Like when it, the, the, the first game came out of it. Um, I was always really stuff, intriguing. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it was really intriguing and, you know, kind of, it really made me kind of like getting the Switch at the time, um, when it first came out and, but yeah, like again, I'm like, surprised I'm, you didn't because, like you said, it's like it's hard not to get caught up in the hype sometimes, isn't it? Mm. And there was what had more hype than Breath of the Wild when that came out. I don't. Yeah, know. exactly. And like, so you know, it's just been a more of a waiting game because a lot of stuff that comes out on Switch isn't for me. But like coming like five years in now after it released, um, there's so much more to go back and dabble. Oh on. yeah. So going it's from awesome. that and in, into then a sequel to Breath of the Wild and into uh, Pokemon Legends of Arceus. Like, all of that type of stuff would be, like, incredible. Which to that looks into. like, yeah, that that looks like that might be the one that forces you to get one. Yeah, like, all of that looks great. Zelda looks great. I'm, I'm so happy people finally got to see something from it. Like, yeah. um, and I'm so glad that this, this what game... What I will say is, as well, the timing is perfect with Zelda. Like, they didn't rush this out. This has no. obviously been... they've been developing this since breath of the wild came out you'd imagine and they've taken their time and they've not like just pandered to people and they've not rushed out like gameplay reveals and all this like they're they're taking their time and like they had we've obviously had another zelda game in between it anyway we had the um link's awakening remake for and you had hyrule warriors last year hyrule warriors and yeah there's been enough zelda and breath of the wild is a game that I i finished it three times and it's not a short game and don't forget it's your just... Skyward Sword next month. How could I forget the worst <laughs> Zelda game of all time? Yeah, it's sad. I don't know. I, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying no. <laughs> like Skyward Sword. That's the thing. I think like the past this past week of the E3 Game Fest stuff, it started with Elden Ring and it ended with Breath of the Wild. Like that's they were my great. two highlights from the from the show. Which is yeah, yeah. I think they'll probably be most people's like highlights from the show, won't they? Yeah, and again, we'd be remiss now if we didn't really speak about the missing link, which was Sony. Yeah, E3 needs Sony. Yeah, more than Sony needs E3. (laughs) Yeah, like Sony can do what they want; they can go whenever they want, and everybody will be excited. Um, But that's probably going to be if there is a summer showcase from Sony, which you imagine there is. 
because they did say they'd show more Horizon in a few months. Mm. They said about Death yeah. Stranding being shown again in a few weeks. So you'd assume they're planning something. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it. I think that's where, like, that's going to be the best conference in general. We'll all shove it into the summer of gaming. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, that's the thing. I think we're going to end up doing a big deep dive on once it's announced or like after it's happened. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. You, you know, we're not Sony shells, but we spend most of our time on Sony platforms um, due mean, to like the games they bring out. Yeah, that's literally it. I don't, I've said this before, I'm, I'm a PS2 fan. Like I love the PS2. That's the one I've got all the nostalgia for and stuff. But they just keep releasing bangers, man. <laughs> like how can I not play on the PlayStation consoles? Yeah. Yeah, so far this like just on the PS5 so far with like Demon Souls and Re- Returnal's my, probably my game of the year. Like I can't see anything coming out and being it this year. So it's good yeah. that Elden Ring is in January. To be fair, because then I don't have to split hairs between which one of those I like best. Yeah, it's a. I'm really excited for what Sony has to do this summer, um, and I think it'll be something me and you gush about. Uh, oh, it's yeah. time. To, it's time to show Last of Us factions. I think. We need to mm-hmm. see with Ascon. We need to see God of War. We need. What else is the potential for us to see then? Spider Man Two, the, the you know the sequel to Spider-Man Miles two. and the original Spider Man. Um, mm. You got like all those new studios that Sony have acquired, sort of working with Firewalk Studios. Who did that's what on. I'm most excited for is those like 25 exclusives that we don't know about yet. Yeah, like there's so much that we do know about, like Ben's new new IP, what they're working on, which is the evolution of Days Gone, you know, mm-hmm. um, building off the foundations of that game, um, and so much more like that, man. Like I'm so excited for what Sony has to do, uh, oh, yeah. e- like E3, Summer of Gaming, all of that is my favorite time of the year without a doubt. Um, mm. So this is like Gamers Christmas, and you know, I it wasn't the best E3 thing we've ever had, but it was decent enough. Um, some great games come out of it, and I'm so, excited to see Sony. In conclusion to E3 and Summer of uh, Games, then, uh, number one highlight for you, then? Um, probably for me, the thing I'm looking forward to the most is Guardians, weirdly enough. Yeah. Um, again, I'm a big story-driven fan. Like that's mm. the, They're the games I like lean myself towards more often. And you not. already like those characters, so love, much anyway, don't you? Love the characters. Um, I'm really happy that Guardians is a story-based game that, like, you mm. cu- like you, you play it mostly as Star Lord, but you do get to control the other the other Guardians. Um, the soundtrack is going to be a massive part of the game. So, oh, yeah. like in the trailer, you know, you know, you hear I need a hero blazing Perfect through sound. that, and yeah, like that's probably the one I'm excited about the most. That, I think that for me, because I wasn't as like blown away by the trailer. I, I didn't think it looked bad by any means, but I, I, I didn't know what he saw. Had, but that song did so much heavy lifting, and I was just getting so into it. <laughs> yeah, and they said like uh, part of the gameplay is songs. Like as soon as he puts on his like Walkman and listens to some songs, it like gives him a boost, like unleash an ultimate, all that type of stuff. That's cool. So how? Oh we... shit! We forgot to mention the Final Fantasy game as well. Oh, how could we forget? <laughs> Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy the, Origin, the coolest looking PS3 game for years. <laughs> I just played it just before we started recording, and I was kind of defending it a bit to you, wasn't I, mate? Where you were saying like, you, you this wasn't your perspective, but you were saying people online were saying the visuals are shit, and I was people like, I don't, it, really, yeah. I don't really care about the visuals as long as it's a cool game. Like, 
I care about the art direction more than I care about the graphics as it was like, and the art direction is cool. Like I like the logo. I like, like the art that comes up. Like when you download in the demo, look cool. Like everything. And then you get to the opening section. And again, as somebody who really doesn't care that much about graphics, they were so bad. They were so, the, the opening section was just like blurred, mm. just like completely blurred. Like, it just like it had this like haze over it. Basically, you're in like a cornfield doing the tutorial, and it was just like really re- the 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 combat didn't feel great. I'll be honest, and I was banking on that as like the the winning thing. Like where the combat it doesn't feel like kinetic. It doesn't feel like I mentioned. Obviously, this game's trying to be like the Souls game, so it's the only ones you can really compare it to. Every time you hit in a Souls game, the the controller vibrating the sound design the way it looks everything it feels like you're hitting steel on steel like and it really feels good this kind of just felt quite floaty and like i said to you dynamic where it feels like it kind of doesn't know what kind of game it is still where i was pressing like r2 and my character was doing about 50 flips and all these sword moves and like i was like what is going on like this is also coming from team ninja who are behind neo like yeah but i think they're still trying to keep the final fantasy sort of parts of it and all those moves that you're doing usually are like until these newer titles are just bound to you tell them to do an attack and they do it and they do the animation and i don't know it's just i don't think it was terrible that opening bit looked really bad and then once you get into the dungeon the graphics look a little better but it's one that i kind of think they do put a message up at the start that says this is a game in its like earliest development and there will be changes on release and blah, blah, blah. There's one thing, like I said, but the sound design was really bad. Like there's these enemies that you fight like more or less straight away. They're like exploding fire balls that float Mm. with like faces on them. And they were exploding and not really like, they just weren't making a sound. Yeah. Like, and obviously you're doing this big epic swing with this great sword and hitting them. And then it just like, And it was like, oh, I <laughs> was really anticlimactic. But again, it just wasn't as it. And I was again somebody who was going into it, going, yeah, that best been something in the trailer and straight away. I was like, that looks pretty badass. Like it looks cool. It looks kind of like a mix between like DMC and Dark Souls and and Final Fantasy, like the combat. And you've got these three people on this little thing, and they look like people just in a boy band or whatever as usual. So I was like, yeah, this looks fun. Let's swing this massive sword around as this weird boy band, and then yeah, it. It didn't feel great, I'll be honest, mate. But it's one that I have hopes for. I hope that it... So it's got promise, definitely. Hopefully it does turn it around. Um, it depends how close the release this is. I know they said next year, but it depends when next year and how much they can get done during pandemic times. Yeah, you know? yeah. So And again, I do, I do feel bad comparing it to like the apex of the Souls genre in like well that's where they took inspiration from though so it's only exactly yeah exactly they they've said it'll be more like a souls game didn't they and like again there are games that do that like fallen order is like a souls game but fallen order's combat doesn't feel shit so there's no excuse really fallen order's combat feels kinetic it feels cool to swing that lightsaber doesn't it like regardless of everything else in it if you're like you know this is team ninja like neo it has no excuse really not to be you know crap but didn't you say something about that it's not the team that worked on it's Neo? not the team that worked on neo it is team ninja but it's not the exact team that worked on neo but it's again we'll have it's to check same... if it's the team that worked on dmc <laughs> and also if it's the team that worked on um metroid other m because mm. those are the two like 
duds for Team Ninja. Yeah. It's just like, again, but they have the assets there within the publisher, within the studio. Like, of course they do, yeah. There's no way know. that they can't just go ask them about it. And... Exactly. Like, they should be able to implement that into the game, especially if Square wants this to be a success. Um, mm-hmm. You'd be surprised. Because Final Fantasy, they really are firing that on all cylinders, aren't they? New, it's like what Capcom are kind of doing in Resident Evil. They're having new new versions of the games, that, like remakes. They're having sequels everywhere, new ideas, yeah. like... It's cool. I like that Final Fantasy is doing well. I, I, yeah. It's a series that I always want to get into. My, my plan is still at some point this year to sit down and carry on playing the original Final Fantasy VII on Switch because I was having a good time with that. Um, and then get the new version of the remake. <laughs> Integrate, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah That I'll was in right. Game Today and I was like, I, I, I might buy it, but I, I want to play the OG first and then see what this does to sort of revitalize elements of that because people yeah. a lot of people who really love final fantasy 7 remake are saying like oh if you played the original like it's not the same but it does like loads of stuff and there's loads of like references to the original that people love and i'm like i don't want to miss out on that aspect of it so yeah and plus then next year then you've got or- final fantasy origin and final fantasy 16 with 16 being a game that you did have an interest in yeah yeah man i, I did like that tra- it could end up being a situation where i play the original final fantasy 7 and then the remake, and then, you know what I'm like, I'll end up playing every pissing game in the series and just losing months to it, because it's usually what I do if I get into something, but maybe not, maybe maybe it's not for me, we'll see. But yeah, my obviously my highlight, uh, I don't need to go on about it again, was Elden Ring. <laughs> it's the highlight of anything at the minute. If, if you sat me down and said, well, that you can watch or play or do any, I just want to play Elden Ring, I can't stop thinking about it. Any videos that come out about it, I've just been eating them up. Uh, Varty Vidya's done a couple of videos like where he's broke down stuff. He's got a story, one coming out soon, where he theorizes on what the story's about, about the tarnished trying to come back and reclaim their right to exist mm-hmm. in these other lands. And, ah, oh, man, I, I'll stop <laughs> before I start again. I just cannot wait for it, man. It's, it was everything I wanted it to be and more. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. I'm glad everything delivered like for you at this yeah. three, at this summer yeah, game absolutely. fest. Um, especially with being Elden Ring as well. Yeah. So, uh, talk us out. And everything that I was excited for did deliver. And um, everything that like th- that came out, that was there was so much that came out new that I couldn't have even ever predicted. Like yeah. the, the Castlevania stuff, the Blood Dragon show. Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread. Never even in a million years thought we were going to get a new 2D Metroid that's a sequel as well. Like it's not yeah. a remake of one of the old game boy or super nintendo ones it's a legit sequel yeah um, it flashes metroid 5 before it later turned to metroid dread yeah yeah exactly um yeah man so much of it is uh good but it was a letdown of a show overall as you can speak to more than me because i didn't watch yeah. it but the fan reaction online is that it's just like eh, there's some cool stuff from it but they kind of blew their load didn't they on the first day with Elden ring that was yeah. the biggest problem is like we said at the start it was poorly planned out yeah. Except the fact we did get that Breath of the Wild reveal, but Breath of the Wild is massive. But even that even felt a little bit smaller than what Elden Ring was. Elden Ring was next level, though. That that yeah. was like a three minute long trailer. Like it was all the build up throughout the entire show. So many hints towards it. Like it was an eruption. There, there is a Elden situation where you could, if you'd have got a cinematic reveal for Elden Ring and then a three minute gameplay trailer for Breath of the Wild at the end, it would have been the other way around. Breath of yeah, the Wild absolutely. would have been the big story. But it's like you said, it's because you got this amazing 
thing that revealed so much about the game, like where we've heard nothing. Everybody's theorizing all this stuff, and then they just lay it out. Oh, here's the game, here's the world, here's the gameplay, here's how it was all designed, like here's all the inspiration, here's what George did, here's what you'll do, like just yeah, just knocked it out of the park completely. And they very they, they don't like show up to everything from software and they're not constantly sh- like shilling things out left, right and centre and then they just well, they kind turned, of show up at the party and just yeah. just boss it. <laughs> just to show they're not like shilling out, like they turned down a large sum of money from Xbox just to be at Summer Game Fest. They didn't want to be on the Xbox stage, you know? <laughs> what, what was the best thing about this is you told me just as one last little dig to Xbox because you all get wound up too easily. They said that they didn't want to align too closely with either studio Except that time when they made Bloodborne and Demon Souls <laughs> party exclusives <laughs> for Sony. Like they're never going to do an exclusive for Xbox. Surely not. Um, I'll probably eat those words one day. But yeah, man, uh, not a great show, but we had a great time reviewing it, didn't we, mate? Yeah, we did. We had a good time. We had a good time with it, and uh, I can't. I can't wait to see what Sony does. Yes, and I'm sure we'll be back for that, mate. But um, yeah, that, that's that's this one wrapped up. So whereabouts can people find you online, mate? Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bestman Bulletin, and obviously you can find me on Bob the Podcast. Uh, you guys can find me everywhere at Antshot First. Go follow MP Madness Pods. Keep up to date with everything we're doing for Moving Picture Madness and Moving Pixel Madness. Uh, you can request you can request a show on the coffee link if you want to do that. But people are requesting some wild ones. We've now got to review the Twilight series, so please no give us way. some nice ones. Yeah, yeah. Be- people, please give us some nice ones. I don't want to people, watch people. People, these... I tell them to do Fast and Furious. Luke Summerfield, you listen to this, right? Give no, don't, don't do it, Luke don't Summerfield. It. Please, I'll join them. I'll be here, Luke. You know I will. Just do it. <laughs> Goodbye, forever. <laughs>